0: you're listening to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky. I'm honored to share with you conversations for the health of all things. In these special episodes, I am joined by guests on the show to explore how the osteopathic concept presents in their lives and learn about their personal and professional stories. Ranging from osteopathic physicians to those familiar with osteopathic treatment to those associated with osteopathic medicine in a variety of settings, These conversations provide new perspective on lighting the way for the path to best health. Please note that while I am a physician and may interview other physicians, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice.
1: Welcome back to this osteopathic life and another conversation for the health of all things. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Amanda Adkins, who's an internal medicine physician in Oakland, California. She's also the CEO and owner of Enlightenment Health and Wealth, where she helps women prevent or reverse chronic disease. Thank you so much for joining me here today.
2: Thank you so much for having
1: me. I'm greatly appreciative. Let's first start with your story into medicine. When did that begin for you and tell us about the journey?
2: Yes. So actually, it started back when I was in sixth grade. Um, We did a health class and learned about how the um, heart worked and all the blood vessels and things like that. And the teacher actually put a mat on the ground. and We had to actually walk like the blood was flowing. And I just thought that was so amazing. I was like, oh, wow, the human body is just awesome. And um, from then on, I thought I would be a cardiologist. And so I just um, like went to the library and learned different things because there was no one in my family in um, the healthcare space, um, immediate family at all, that I would be able to talk to. And just as I started to say it more and more, my grandfather, who was very known in the community, actually knew quite a few physicians. And so I actually got to go and shadow a few of them, um, so a cardiologist, family medicine doc, and Just got to see how doctors actually worked, because before it was just, like I said, just reading in books and seeing what it was like. And I just thought it was amazing of how uh, the connection that they had with their patients and what they were able to do for them and just the knowledge that they had. And I was like, this is what I want to do.
1: Yeah, I love that. And so as you stepped into medicine, you mentioned thinking cardiology and then deciding on what your specialty would be, how did that play out? How did that specialty choose you or you choose it as you move through?
2: Yeah, so um, even throughout um, med school, I, I just knew I did not like surgery. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I can stay in blood, but I don't like cutting on people and doing all sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> um, so I was like, that, that's not what I'm going to do. But then as I went through the different other specialties, all only surgical specialty I can say that I considered was OBGYN. Mm-hmm. um and that's because I like women's health and I was like well if I can just do the gynecology part I would be fine um but they were like no they don't do that <laughs> so I was like okay well let me go on and see what else I like and so I liked a lot of the things that internal medicine did so I couldn't pick like I like women's health I like endocrinology I like cardiology and so I was like okay well internal medicine and I get to you know dabble in all those things um that I really like and so I focus on internal medicine. And how have you shaped your practice now, knowing
1: that you had certain areas of interest? Do you keep it broad, or have you found that you've drawn yourself into more specialization within that specialty?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, because of where I work, I have to keep it broad. Um, but I definitely like put out on the um, like their website, things like that of what I'm interested in. So it does talk about chronic disease states, like. Heart disease, diabetes, um, high blood pressure, obesity is what I'm interested in, along with women's health and preventative health. So I get um, quite a few of those. So I really am excited when uh, they come in. Not to say I don't take care of the other patients but mm-hmm. um, and do the best for them. But it's just like when I have uh, those people in front of me, it's like I light up. I'm like, it's like, oh, yes, this is just close. It's easy to talk about and everything else. Um, so I, I just love seeing those people and um, hopefully that they will see me and get the best from me <laughs> from that mm-hmm. care. <laughs> yeah.
1: So tell us more about the methods you use to help with prevention or reversing of chronic <clears throat> disease. That's kind of helpful for people to hear.
2: Yes. So um, I actually focus on nutrition lifestyle. Um, so a lot of my patients, when they um, they first meet me, I always ask them like, What do you eat? Um, Do you exercise? How much water do you drink? And I don't know if they've never been asked that from people because they are like, what do I eat? What do you mean? What do I eat? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I tell them, I was like, well, you're going to get this from me every time you come in, because a lot of things that go on with our health are related to lifestyle. And so I actually try to see where they're coming from. And sometimes if they talk about different illnesses that they may have or, family history, I re- relate it back to their lifestyle. And, you know, it's very enlightening for them to actually hear those things because sometimes they think, oh, because it runs in my family, I'm eventually going to get it. So no matter what I do, um, I'm just going to get this a disease state anyway. And so I try mm-hmm. to let them know that they do still have control over um, the diseases that they may get. Um, And it doesn't have to be just because it's their genetics that they will actually get those illnesses. And so a lot of them are appreciative of that and really want to focus on change.
1: Mm -hmm. And how do you navigate? Because that can be a loaded question, like you said, an unfamiliar question. What do you eat? And encouraging them, helping them to disclose that in a way that's not shameful. You know, sometimes if we're admitting to some certain foods that we think our doctor won't like hearing that we eat, how do you help kind of nurture that conversation?
2: Yeah. So I tell them a little bit about my story. So if they say like they um, like uh, soda, um, I give them a hard time if they drink Pepsi because I never was a Pepsi drinker. So I'm like, oh gosh, that is the worst thing you can ever drink. You know, I was like, you should drink Coke, you know, (laughs) if you're going to do that. Um, So I I let them know that, you know, I'm not perfect either. And that we all have a journey and that, um, you know, my actual health journey, because they look at me, especially at my weight now, they think, oh gosh, she's never had to struggle. And, you know, I would tell them when I was younger, I was overweight. And that actually what started me on my journey and why I ask people about what they eat in their lifestyle, because it can actually make a big difference. And in my family, it is a lot of obesity and high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, all those things that I mentioned that I want to help people with. Um, And so I tell them how I was able to do it and uh, still, you know, it's still a struggle. I tell them everything you put in your mouth is a struggle. What do I do? You know, stressful times, all that. And that I still I still fall, too. And it's just I'm here to cheer you on, not to shame you. And I tell them, don't be afraid to come back and tell me, you know, I did this or I didn't do this because it's just going to be a journey the whole way through throughout Mm -hmm. your lifetime. Actually, it's never going to be a time where you're not going to have that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we know in the current medical model, we have oftentimes a very limited volume of minutes with our physician. How are you navigating this in the time that you have? Are you able to make more time for these conversations? Or do you find that you can get in some pearls right in a pretty efficient window?
2: So, yes, yeah, fitting in those pearls. And um, sometimes I give them homework to do to actually go look at a few websites, things like mm-hmm. that. And that's why I always mention it at the first appointment that I'm go- always going to ask them what you're eating, what uh, what you're drinking, are you doing any exercising, things like that. So at each appointment, we can actually touch on it a little bit more. Um, I can say sometimes if it's a busy day that we may not touch on it as extensively as I would like. But then other times when they're in for like their well, ch- uh, not well child, well adult mm-hmm. check, um, then we were able to talk about it a little bit more. And sometimes I get it in. A little bit more as I'm doing the exam. So trying to do two things at one time. So continue to mm-hmm. talking about it and things like that. So we, we fit it in, um, like I said, not as extensively as sometimes I would like, but still get it in. You
1: know, and you know, are some pretty powerful changes, kind of the bang for your buck face. You know, if people are looking at all, they could certainly right, overhaul their diet entirely. Are there certain areas you really focus on where if they can make one or two changes, they really get significant benefits?
2: Yes. So usually I tell them focus on eating more vegetables first, because most of the time we do not get in enough vegetables. And like I said, I'm still guilty of that sometimes too, especially on the weekends where you're just running, Mm -hmm. running, running, and just trying to get in vegetables at each meal. So Mm -hmm. if you focus on that, um, then that's the number one thing. Um, And then also I try to tell them to take away something. So if they're doing a lot of fast food or if they're drinking a lot of soda and caffeine, Then I try to tell them to at least decrease that, maybe not eliminate it totally, because sometimes with people's schedule, they just don't know how they're going to fit it in yet.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those are great opportunities. And you mentioned asking them about exercise and movement. What comes up there? How do you navigate that space with your patients?
2: Yeah. So then I just ask them, what do they do? So a lot of people, you know, if they have an active job, they tell me that they exercise on their job. So then I tell them, well, you're active throughout the day, but that's not really exercise. So let's see what else we can do to kind of help uh, your movement. So I try to get them to do something outside of work. Think of what you can do outside of work and not necessarily outside of work hours. Sometimes if people are not exercising at all, then I'll just say, well, how about during your lunch break? You go out for a walk. And so that's, that's where I start with them. If they're already doing that, then I try to get them to do like some um, weight resistance, um, especially for women. Sometimes they're thinking, I don't know why, but they think they're going to come out like, I don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something if they lift a (laughs) a little weight. I'm like, no, you don't have that in your, (laughs) in your DNA to do that, you know, just by itself. So I tell them how important that is, especially if they want to have weight loss, that they definitely need to do more than just the regular cardio And just a couple of times a week. And sometimes they're like, well, you know, my um, child has this and this and this. And I'm like, well, do it while they're at their practice. So if you take them to their practice and maybe they play like soccer or softball or something like that, Mm -hmm. don't just sit in the bench, you know, playing on your phone, actually walk around, be engaged in what they're doing to actually help with more movement. So just trying to fit it into your regular schedule is the initial thing. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And do you have minimums of time oftentimes we'll think right there's not the time to exercise and we need a whole hour or two hours to get to the gym do you help give them some of those thresholds that can count as enough especially when we're starting
2: yes so if they're doing nothing I tell them start out at 10 minutes a day Mm -hmm. it's like you got 10 minutes a day somewhere every single day you can do something Mm -hmm. for 10 minutes and then I say your goal ultimately will be to go up to 30 minutes all together at one time if you can Mm -hmm. get that so That's where I really think the lunchtime walks are their breaks. Um, So some people get 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon. I was like, Mm -hmm. hey, you got your 30 minutes then. Um, So just those little things that you can find pockets of time. And then for my people that's been doing those things, I tell them, okay, so either we're going to get up a little bit earlier in the morning or you're going to not go home after work. Because a lot of people tell me, oh, once I get home, I'm done. Okay, don't go home Mm -hmm. after work, go straight to like the park or to the gym, take your clothes with you. So therefore, you know, every day after work, I'm going to go there for 30 minutes and then you can go home and then Mm -hmm. sit down if you need to. So (laughs) just little little tricks to try to push those in there to uh, get that going. And again, you know, some people can get that done. Some people, you know, it's like, okay, I was able to do this for a few little weeks and then it kind of slacked off. I was like, well, that's why you're here again. We're going to encourage you to Mm -hmm. keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah, that it's okay to go through those cycles and just get back on track. I love that you're tackling those two big components, right? Food and nutrition and movement and exercise. And you mentioned lifestyle. What else do you see under that umbrella? What are some other spaces that you engage with your patients that might be undermining their health that they may not even notice?
2: Yeah, so the next one would be like substance abuse. Uh, tobacco, of course, is very big. Um, so actually, I just had a patient over where this past week that, um, she was like, uh, had high blood pressure and overweight. She was like, okay. She kind of had that glass overlook when I just start talking about all these things. And I said, okay, let's take a step back here. So if we had to pick one thing, um, that I just talked about in your health, I think we would focus on, uh, your smoking, um, because that's going to influence, um, things more than anything else right now for you. Um, so she was like, okay, Um, so she's going to try, you know, the patches again. And, um, I told her a little technique that I believe one of my pulmonology, um, attendings told me about is that actually put the cigarette right in front of them and actually speak to the cigarette and say, I'm going to get to you later. I'm going to get to you later. And I said, just keep doing that until as long as you can. And then don't feel bad if you actually pick it up and smoke it, but you actually pushed it a little bit further um, from your, um, just picking up without thinking about it and just going ahead and smoking mm-hmm. it. And then also think about the time that you feel like you have to smoke. Um, I know a lot of people use their breaks at work and mm-hmm. that's sometimes a way to get out of the, you know, the everyday rigmarole and say, okay, let me just go out and do something. So I'm going to go outside and smoke. Um, mm-hmm. so I just told him, think about those things. And she was, I said, is this helpful for you? And she was like, oh yes. So, I'm excited to um, hear when she comes back to see how much progress she's made. And um, usually I tell people that um, nine times out of 10, people are going to fail with smoking. So it can take 10 times of a quit, um, attempting to quit before you're actually successful. So don't give up just because it didn't work one time.
1: Yeah, And I almost had that visual there with it can be almost good news, right? If you fail, if you want to think about that, if you return <clears> smoking, because you get to knock down one of those, it's like, okay, I'm one time right. closer, right? To getting to that. Exactly. Time. Yeah, that's a great way to reframe it. I'm curious, I mean, think about substance abuse, and we've seen the World Health Organization has now come out with the amount of alcohol that's safe is zero, right? And it's the first time I think we've really seen that stated. And we could have a whole episode, I'm sure, just about this piece. How do you help navigate that? Because we have socially right, embraced mm-hmm. alcohol into a lot of events. I even think, <clears throat> you know, like baby showers, you know, we often will have that present, <laughs> you know, young kids' birthday parties. And how do you navigate that space where perhaps counseling people on what might be a way to make, like you said, some of those perhaps small
2: changes there? Yeah. So again, just trying to meet the patient where they are. So why are you drinking um, in the first place? And how much are you doing? Um, A lot of the patients, like you said, do it socially. Um, So is that actually the best use of your time? Can we actually drink water? Is this another place you can fit in your water instead of drinking, you know, that second glass of wine? Mm -hmm. Um, So just just thinking thinking about that. Or uh, some people use it to actually numb themselves because they're actually extra stressed. Um, So then I use that opportunity to talk about what they can actually be doing as far as exercising or meditation, things like that. Mm Um, other ways to reduce their stress. Or if some people use it to actually help them sleep at night. And I always tell them that that's actually the opposite. It actually makes your sleep usually worse. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to necessarily do that either. So I just try to get down to why they're actually drinking and then help them to realize what else they can do that's a healthier habit.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. And with each of these hearing really how you do meet them, where they are, right? And recognize that change often comes in in small increments. So fantastic, what might come next? So we have heard about food and movement and substance abuse and what else in this lifestyle medicine? So many fantastic opportunities here.
2: Right, yeah, so so many different things. It depends on Mm -hmm. what they come in with. So um, stress, um, stress uh, relief, um, what they can do for that. Um, So we mentioned a little bit that already with the alcohol and substance. so if they're not sleeping well, um, I actually just talked with one of our sleep specialists yesterday and I was like mm-hmm. enlightened from everything <laughs> she said uh, of how it actually does relate to your disease state and how it actually can lead to dementia. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of my patients will actually be able to take that um, into consideration because they're like, okay, you know, it's okay if I just like sleep a few hours, I can just keep pushing and go on, go on. Like I have three jobs, so I'm going to do all mm-hmm. this and I'll just sleep later. But that actually really resonated with me because I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, you know, you hear those things, but it doesn't actually click mm-hmm. sometimes until you actually hear it several times. And I was just like, wow! And then also how it can actually make their diabetes worse and their blood pressure worse, mm-hmm. and just how it all kind of like circles back. And I just try to emphasize to people like you're one being, so everything that you do actually affects everything else. Is not isolated pockets um, that you can think about it. So everything you do actually affects your health. So, um, like I said, I'm excited to get back and talk to patients more about that. Sleep is not one that I talk a lot about. Um, I think it's because I don't usually have trouble sleeping. I love to sleep. Um, so I, I don't, I really, it's not the forefront of my mind that, that people have trouble with that. So, um, that's one that I still have to actually navigate in a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I love that. You know, it can be so helpful to have that relatable experience like you mentioned for yourself weight and food intake and you can connect with patients but those spaces that aren't as familiar for us being able to draw upon our colleagues and mm-hmm. get what might resonate for them that is so powerful one thing you mentioned here too is this state of access or equity you know so when we're offering these resources up How do we account for that? If people are working three jobs and they might be single parenting and sleep might not be as accessible to them, how do we help to address some of those factors? Or maybe it is just acknowledging them to
2: start. Yes, yeah. so that's one thing I do. I ask them, you know, um, what is the necessity for that for you? Um, again, not in a judgmental way or anything like that. So I just ask them kind of get their story, their background. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, this is the season of your life that you're in. And we just have to work around it. You know, there's sometimes there's no way of saying it like, um, they're behind in debt or, you know, their child needs something. Um, they're especially here in California, the rent is so high. So I was like, okay, let's see what we can do to help you along in the meantime. For others, that is really not a necessity. I'm like, okay, so let's think about yourself. If something were to happen to you because you are doing X, Y, and Z, and you're no longer able, no longer able to care for your family, how is that now going to look for your family? So that kind of flips it for them. Like, okay, yeah, maybe it's not really necessary. It's, it's better for me to be here than not be here. Um, So a lot of them actually see that more when they realize that they don't have to do something and they just are doing it just because they think they need to.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just being able to hold the space for that is really powerful. And sometimes it is, like you said, sometimes there's a season where we do have to power through and hopefully look for ways we can be supportive and find the finish line where we're not in that state. Yes. You mentioned earlier some alternatives to when we use food, right, to kind of soothe ourselves. And you mentioned meditation. Can you tell us more about that and how you integrate that into your conversations with patients?
2: Yes. So um, I tell them about different apps that they can try first um, Mm -hmm. and see some people are into prayer in their uh, actual spiritual life. uh, To actually get with a um, colleague, um, pastor, minister, something like that, that they can do are just telling them to sit and quiet themselves, um, are journaling, sometimes that's uh, journaling, meditations, people help. Um, I told them that I have started with a different app uh, and actually listening to someone and actually quiet my mind and using the techniques that they actually talk about. So that's another new place that I'm going to, like I was more um, into prayer, um, which I still do, but actually, the, actually reflection and listening and calming myself. Um, has actually played a big part in my life the last, I would say, six months. Um, I think after I became a mom, that, that really <laughs> had to come into play a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, just telling mentioning small little things, because again, that's not my area of expertise. So just trying to give them a few tips that I've learned along the way as I'm going through it, um, they seem to resonate. And sometimes they they actually tell me, Mm-hmm. Um, how to do it. And then I pass that information on to the next patient. So um, I tell them I'm not above learning from anyone um, because my patients teach me a lot every single day. So,
1: yeah, that's beautiful. And isn't that so fantastic? Because they might hear it, like you said, in a way that really resonates, and that can translate to other patients. Letting mm-hmm. kids take that through. I'm really yes. curious about the name of your business enlightenment health and wealth can you tell me more about that where that originated and what that really means to you
2: yes um, so um enlightenment uh was just because i'm a christian and i like that um that actual phrase to actually become enlightened um health and wealth um actually is because i like um health of course i'm in the medical field but mm-hmm. i also like numbers i'm a mm-hmm. big fanatic um with budgeting <laughs> and uh, getting out of debt. Um, and so that was like the other half of my um, business that I wanted to do. I wanted to do also financial coaching. Mm-hmm. And so I thought when I actually um, put a business together for long-term, like decades, that mm-hmm. it would actually com- uh, compose of both because I'll usually tell people like, if you live a long time, but that you don't have any money, that's not mm-hmm. really a good thing. But if you don't, uh, if you are not healthy, but you have a lot of money, that's not really a good thing either. So I want to put both of them together. So you actually have a good actual uh, physical body and then you have a good financial uh, status. So then as you're living a long time, you can still live a great lifestyle. So I I like those two together.
1: Yeah. And I think addressing that, you know, I've had a few conversations around really financial health. Sometimes I thought, what are we going to even talk about? How's this going to fit in? But it is such a key part. Of our wellness and well being. It can be such a source of stress, and we know where mm-hmm. stress can contribute to all those chronic diseases you're mentioning. Right. So, not leaving that out is so important. I love that. Mm-hmm. Under this umbrella of lifestyle medicine, have we covered most of the spaces? Do we have some still to touch on? I want to make sure we're getting a sense of all of these opportunities you have to serve with your patient. We talk oh, about goodness.
2: food and
1: movement. Mm-hmm. And- Stress. Sleep.
2: Stress. Substance abuse. Yeah. Social relationships. Ooh, That's there we the go. One. Perfect. I was I like, it. there's six of them. Let me <laughs> think. Okay. Um, so how we relate to others um, and um, just making sure that we're not isolating ourselves. So a lot of people, when they talk about what they're going through, I always ask them about their social circle. Who Who are they around? Who can they go and confide in? Do we need to actually help them find a social circle Um, like uh, support groups or even um, therapists where they actually may go and talk with someone to where they feel like they don't have to hold it all in? Um, So, again, that's another one that I'm still working on uh, for all patients, but even just getting out. So like for me, um, I have a big family, so we're always within that. And then other times I actually have a hiking, well, several hiking groups that I go out with. Mm-hmm. And each time you go out with different people, like you learn so much about um, who's around and just things that you can do with them, things that you have in common, and then things that you never knew were out there. Like that's mm-hmm. so amazing to me when you meet new people and you're like, I didn't even know that was a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just opens your mind more about what's possible out there, like. Sometimes people feel like if they don't like what they're doing, that they're stuck because there's nothing else out there. And just going out and meeting people and seeing what they do and hearing what they do can actually open up your mind to saying, OK, maybe I like this and I can actually do this. And that actually, I think, sets off, you know, extra stress and things like that for them, that if they don't like something, they can actually go and try something else. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's what that, why I love lifestyle medicine. It's like there's so many things that's interconnected that you can actually use to help something else. Mm-hmm. And that I think is so
1: fascinating, especially for adults. Sometimes we think, right? We have already met all our friends, or it's hard to make new friends. But finding those <laughs> outlets, and they can have that opening effect. You know, you start with mm-hmm. hiking, and they might say, "Hey, on Tuesdays, you know, my husband just started with the curling club here, <laughs> and just think <laughs> right. there might be something new I never even thought about. These people can introduce me to. You. I love
2: that. Exactly, exactly.
1: I was going to ask, and I think this segues into it nicely. When you are offering up these changes, these suggestions, these opportunities for your patients, do you see the trickle effect on their family? You're in adult medicine. And I'm curious if they come back and share with you that this has shifted for their children, for their partners, for perhaps their extended family when they start making these changes.
2: So for some of them, yes. Um, It's Mm -hmm. actually, it's like, yeah, I told my husband that we got to do this. And so sometimes it's more reluctantly I do not usually hear about the children, though. I can mm-hmm. say that. Usually it's more of uh, the spouse of whether or not that they get on board and help them. And uh, sometimes, like I said, sometimes it helps them. And sometimes it's like, oh, now I have to c- cook two different meals because he's not going <laughs> to eat that. And I was like, well, just try to encourage him. Like, I, I have that experience, too. My husband's mm-hmm. like, I'm not eating that. Um, but I was like, is just try different things and see what they actually mm-hmm. will do. Um, actually, I'm raising my daughter more plant-based also. Mm-hmm. And um, it's amazing to see that sometimes if you just introduce them to certain foods um, when they're younger, that they actually will like it and continue to eat it. So mm-hmm. um, I just tell them, like, sometimes people, like, trick them into eating vegetables. I'm like, just mix it into certain different foods that you may have and add in more. And mm-hmm. some of them, like, yeah, they'll eat it, but some, like... My teenagers, they're absolutely not going to do it. So it's just kind of 50-50. Some, some families do, some families don't. And I was like, that's okay. Sometimes you have to be the change for them to make the change.
1: Yeah, right. And you never know when that seed might be planted and harvested, right? So even if they see right. that change and they're not going to eat it now, they might have more awareness of the choices yes. they're making mm-hmm. going forward. I love that. We've heard so many ways. And I love to hear how you pull this all together and how you see yourself
2: for the health of all things? Yes. Yeah, so I pull all together, like I was saying, like each thing that I um, actually start doing and feel like I've come to a place that I can sustain that, then I actually start doing the next thing. So um, I actually started more with exercise than nutrition. Um, And then, like I said, now I'm trying to put in more of the stress reducing um, and the meditation, things like that. So in each stage of life, um, you can add on something more. And that's how I actually tell people to also do it. You know, try to get to where you're able to do one thing without hardly even thinking about it before you add into something else. And then before you know it, you'll have all the lifestyle things covered um, as you go through your lifetime, it's not a certain time that you have to get it done. And you don't have to get it done within a month, a year, 10 years, even. Um, so just continue on that journey, um, throughout your lifetime. And then as people see you change, they will want to change. Um, I actually saw that in my own family from myself. Now it's going to my sisters and my mom. So, um, and that's what I wanted to see, you know, and I was like, well, it's, I don't do it right, then they're not going to follow. And it's just been a joy to see that they actually now ask me about these things um, and actually continue to do them in their own life. and now starting to trickle down into their households of what um, is going on. So um, each one, reach one.
1: Love that. And so important too, Right, embrace one at a time and it almost becomes autopilot. There's still work involved, <coughs> right? But it doesn't mm-hmm. take as much active attention, then you can make space for that next one. Cause I can hear how we might get overwhelmed, right? All of these areas yes. or think, wow, there's all these different ways, right? I can support my health and I can just start with one. What a right. beautiful invitation. I love that. So how can people find you if they're interested in learning more about the work that you're doing?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I am on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Amanda Atkins and Atkins is spelled a D K I N S. Um, And then I also have a website at uh, dramandamd.com.
1: Excellent. thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for taking time here to share with us today. I look forward to
2: the continued expansion of enlightenment, health, and wealth. Thank you so much. It was a great conversation with you. Have a good day.
0: (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Osteopathic Life, Conversations for the Health of All Things please take a moment to like, rate, and review the podcast. And if you would like to be featured as a guest or know someone you'd like to nominate as a guest for an episode, please let me know at thisosteopathiclife at gmail.com. Visit the website at thisosteopathiclife.com or visit me on Instagram and Facebook at thisosteopathiclife. Life. Thank you so much for listening.